and welcome back to another episode of the Alternate Oscars. I am your host, Gabe Warren, and with every episode, I, along with a special guest, will be celebrating and awarding our favorite films of each year starting in 1928. We'll discuss our brief thoughts on each film we nominate, and comment on the actual Oscar year, and some fun details on the ceremony. A few rules we always follow. We'll be strictly following the reminder list of eligible releases. Those can be found on the website and the Oscar goes too. The amount of categories will also go over time as a sort of tie-in to the Academy's evolution over time. With all that said, I'm going to have two guests on here today, again, and they are Chelsea Eichholz, co-host of the Unsen- Untitled Cinema Gals Project, and Grace Aki, host of the Tell Me On a Sunday podcast. Chelsea previously appeared on the 1939 episode, and I'm so excited to have you both on here today. Welcome. How are you both doing? How's your day been? How have your days been? It's it's going, but I have to say, like, Chels, were you on an episode where you two were discussing 1939, the best year in film? <laughs> Allegedly the best year in film. Allegedly. Because now <laughs> I need to go back and listen to it because I'm like, I'm so curious about your opinions. Yes. It's mostly me saying Gene Arthur is hot and awesome. And yeah. a bunch of oh, I mean, facts. no notes. <laughs> no notes. Her and Cary Grant are very hot. That's like all I talked about. I think that makes facts. sense. Factual. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Very good. I love that. No, it's that's that's like the one year that I go. We should talk about it every year. Every I don't year. think that anybody would have an issue with it. But we're I excited don't think to so. Even it. like the like less good quote unquote movies are still a, a good time for the most part and like well made and pretty. I'm like, oh, they had more than twelve dollars to make this rom com. I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, and such a commentary on like literally every uh, predominantly white cultural aspect. <laughs> <laughs> of the time you know Personal. what I mean like I feel like we really got to see like uh, what's everybody talking about <laughs> so I love exactly. that but we're not talking about that year today not today Satan. We are. yes today we are talking about the films of 1945 which is a great year in its own rights and I guess as usual I have to start off by asking, what were your favorite films from 1945 that were not eligible? This can be any film from 1945, released in 1945, but was not eligible for this Academy Awards ceremony. Well, can can you give us a, a rundown of what's yeah. not eligible? Because I'm really curious. Like, I'm not also sure unsure. The last time I was on, I was like, wait, I feel like everything I loved was eligible. I don't know. Was there something not? Well, was there like there a cartoon was I missed? Rome Open City. Oh, um, yeah, that makes there sense. There was like Rome Open City, film. Um, Brief Encounter, Children of Paradise. Okay. Children and... of Paradise, that was like the most popular one that was left off of all of this. So that makes sense because it was foreign. Yeah. It was a French. So I guess it, yeah. you said Brief Encounter. I know it got nominations, I guess, the following year. I fucking love Brief Encounter. Sorry, I don't know if yeah. I'm supposed to cuss. <laughs> but that's my shit. Yeah. 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 Seconded, noted. What about you, Gabe? What was your favorite? So, uh, Open City. Um, I really... 
um, not a lot are coming to mind. I'm sure there are some that I'm just not remembering, but yeah. Oh, I know where I'm going. Another Powell and Pressburger that was eligible the next year. We do love them. They Wendy make Hillers, pretty things. I like I got it. Yeah. But yeah, um, I guess now it's time to go into our nominees. As usual, we um, start with the last category, special effects, and end with the first category, best picture. And we take turns announcing our nominees with the guests going first. So, Chelsea, would you like to take it away? Starting with um, special effects. I'll say I'm really bad at this because I'm like, what were the special effects this year? So my one and only nominee is Spellbound. <laughs> were there like others that I missed that year that are noteworthy? I liked the effects in Zigfield Follies. I don't know if that would constitute for this category. Oh, oh that was not eligible until the next year. I forgot about that. Oh, so there's your movie. <laughs> Okay, well, literally, that's 90% of the conversation I was going to have about <laughs> the show. So, um, Gabe, I will be incorporating a film that is ineligible throughout our commentary today. And um, it is what it is. It's because it was released in 1945 and they can suck a butt. Um, they can. But I, I do want to I, I want to talk about the fact that because we're on this category, um, the, the way that the show, the film uh, opens is there's like a lot of which I hadn't seen up until that point. But of course, uh, I am a novice. Um, but there's like this uh, these like cartoonish um, claymation figures that open the film yes. and then it turns into people dancing. And so I, I kind of liked that whole little dream ballet sequence even though it's how it, the film starts uh there's like this audience reaction bit too they don't even just have like the characters in the film like dancing like as these little uh bits even though there is a very offensive blackface moment um at the top of the film <laughs> but then i'm like okay cute effect don't really think we need it here anymore amazon prime take it off but uh yeah so anyways that's all i want to say on that that would be my suggestion for that um unnominatable category yeah uh, it's a good choice though <laughs> but my nominees are anchors away the picture of dorian gray spellbound um they were expendable and wonder man yeah um having watched Dorian Gray, which we will talk about in the whole thing, um, last night, the reveal of the painting at the end deserves to me just full, like that, that is, that is it. It wins for me on all accounts. Very nice. So next we have best film editing. So, uh, I guess my nominees, Leave Her to Heaven, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, National Velvet, and Spellbound. You're going to hear these names a lot. Nice. Grace, what are your nominees for film editing? So, we are in, in this time, in this time of coronavirus sharing, and um, I actually had to say that for film editing, I thought that the strongest nominee here was Mildred Pierce. 
Um, if you're gonna single one out, that one was my one that I said, like, okay, that's who I would nominate of all of these. Um, but of course, like National Velvet is super cute. Um, but yeah, I can't, I cannot believe that my truly knight in shining armor, Zigbill Follies, is ineligible because that was gonna be my takeaway. The editing was super strong in that. So, um, so all that to say is that, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I go with. Yeah. Well, my nominees for film editing are Mildred Pierce, Lost Weekend, Spellbound, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and The Woman in the Window. I can see when you said that, I was like, wait, Amy Adams was alive for a second? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Wrong year. Wrong year. Wrong window. So next, we have Best Makeup. Take it away, Grace. All right, so um, unfortunately, I'm starting with the fact that like I really thought that Zigfield Follies was going to be very eligible. It's famously not, but I'm not going to not say that it deserves Best Makeup nomination. So also the picture of Dorian Gray because obviously National Velvet because Cuties and then Anchors Away because Gene Kelly is hot according to Chels and or the world. When you can do all of that and it doesn't look like you're sweating outside of your mind... You deserve a, a makeup nomination. The makeup artist did wonders keeping these people looking like they're not melting. Fresh baby dolls, in fact, yeah, exactly. is what I would argue. Yeah. What about you, Gabe? Awesome. So my nominees are um, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, The Picture of Dorian Gray, and Wonder Man. Good deal. Nice. We can all agree that the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. yeah. There's consensus. Consensus. Also, yeah. the life and death of um, Colonel Blimp is worth is worth a watch if you're really into Paul Pressburger. I'll say. I'll that. have to add that to my watch list. And not just so rewatch the red shoes. Oh. But of course, rewatch the red shoes. It's a masterpiece. So true. I know that, that term is used too often, but it's a masterpiece. So next we have best costume design. Okay. Costume designs. People dressed well. The Bells of St. Mary's. A film I hate, but there is some good costumes in it. Leave her to heaven because I want to be that fierce one day. Mildred Pierce, because she's that bitch. National Velvet, because cute. And picture of Dorian Gray, because there's a lot happening there. There's a lot on screen. And I'm also going to add Christmas in Connecticut, because pretty people. <laughs> we love pretty people. We love that. Famously. So yeah. pretty. And that one was a bop. It was like yep. the holiday inn of 1945. That's so true. So true. <laughs> awesome. So, my nominees are Leave Her to Heaven, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, Mildred Pierce, The Picture of Dorian Gray, and Wonder Man. And I, um, I'll just say this to Gallons that Joan Crawford wears Milo Anderson, hands down. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. 
I can't not think about what she was doing and saying when she would leave set. Like when I visualize her, especially Mildred Pierce, I'm just like, you as an entity are your own film, obviously. Um, but I agree with you there. Like people knew how to dress this woman. Like they really did. Oh my god. Those shoulders, like yeah. Oh, so fierce. <laughs> I love her. So next we have the cinematography categories, best black and white cinematography, best color cinematography. Let's start with color cinematography. Oh Lord. Um, all right. So we'll begin with National Velvet because I don't I don't really know why we're talking about any other film here, actually. Um, we've heard of heaven and then anchors away. I really just love pretty people and pretty people when they photograph well, that's when awards should happen. My nominees just um, running them down Death Colonel Blood, National Velvet, and Wonder Man. There you go. Okay. So, so best in, oh, yep, do it. Um, so next we have the black and white cinematography category. And uh, we have A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, Spellbound, Mildred Pierce, and The Lost Weekend. Lovely. And if it were eligible, and it if, <laughs> if, big if, yeah. it's eligible in our hearts. Yeah. yeah. I also love the fact that, um, technically speaking, we could say that Picture of Dorian Gray is could be in both categories because there are moments of yeah. color and then there's moments of black and white. So mm -hmm. it kind of rides that line. Exactly. Diane. She's the girl with the range. Mm. 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 What about you, Gabe? So my nominees are The Clock, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, The Southerner, and Spellbound. So, fun. um... Fun, fun, fun. I guess... Mildred and Spellbound and The Lost and Anne Looks Gorgeous, John Renoir, so yeah. So next we have Best Art Direction. Okay, Best Art Direction. We have Lever to Heaven. Keys of the Kingdom, Mildred Pierce, National Velvet, and the Picture of Dorian Gray. No notes. It's Dorian no Gray. Goodbye. Uh, it's so pretty. There's so much happening that you cannot deny. It's very sexy. Yes. The art direction is very sexy. I'm not going to lie to you. And I love hot people things. It is. Yep. Yeah. I like it when hot people grow ugly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hollywood classic um, trope. That's also a trope in the Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, what what were they thinking with that old age makeup at the end? They were thinking we would be talking about it in 2021. <laughs> That's what they thought. That's what they thought. Yeah. Burn it. Just throw in the fire. Burn it. So my nominees are And Then There Were None, Leave Her to Heaven, The Life and Death of Colonel Blim, Mildred Pierce, and The Picture of Dorian Gray. There we go. Some crossover. You know what we're truly not talking about at all is Blythe Spirit. <laughs> we were like, literally, <laughs> F you to Blythe Spirit. 
I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Like, none of us have talked about it, which is fine. But it is pretty funny because it's like such a wonderful piece. (laughs) And I have it in the same box set as Brief Encounter. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes the mind slips and we forget time and space. And, well, I forgot. Time is a construct. Cool. So, my um. So next we have best sound recording, which was basically sound mixing, which is what they called sound mixing at the time. They should have just kept calling it that because people had no idea what sound mixing was. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody is evidence of that. True. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, what are your nominees? So we went with Spellbound, National Velvet, Mildred Pierce, The Keys of the Kingdom, and The Bells of St. Mary's. Um, kind of, this one, this one, I truly have no concept of how you differentiate sound recording in this in this time period um so i i am very curious about everyone's notes on on the whys because i just go like how do sorry how it's like it's a miracle to me that sound was recorded like i feel like it really is you know what i mean i'm just like congrats on that yeah like i just guessed it on kevin jacobson's podcast about like 1930 31 films that's coming out this week and it's like the sound is sketch in so many of them. I'm like, oh yeah, they're still figuring this out. And then, you know, cut to 15 years later. I'm like, wow, they've made so many leaps and bounds. How did they do this? You can actually hear the people clearly. Shock and awe. Me, yeah. Yeah, it could be like, the more you think about it, and like in the 1940s, the more it becomes kind of a, Eh, question mark, head scratcher. But uh, my nominees are Leave Her to Heaven, The Southerner, The Story of G.I. Joe, They Were Expendable, and Have and Have Not. And I guess Leave Her to Heaven, Melodrama, um, sometimes they were able to get nominated for sound. Um, the Southerner um, has some stuff going on, kind of a Western armor movie. And then The Story of G.I. Joe. It's your typical war movie from 1945. Um, they were expendable war movie from 1945, and to have and have not. Actually, really good Howard Hawks movie, and the first pairing of, of, of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. So that's no true. I do love hot people, and they were very, very hot. She was so young. Yeah. So hot. Alrighty. I probably should not have been in my. Next, we have best original song. Actually, I might throw this to Grace because she knows way more about music than I do. I'll be I'll be frank with you. Um, we got I Fall in Love Too Easily from Anchors Away, which is a classic, but you also have it might as well be Spring from State Fair. And let me tell you, State Fair is the most boring high school show anybody does. Um, so of the two, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Anchors Away. But right. um, it was a nominatable song. So there you have it. But State Fair, you got schools, you got to stop doing State Fair is my point. Please. We got to stop it. 
I'm begging High you. High school, I know it's probably cheaper to do, but don't. Oh, it's very cheap to do. Stop it. Oh, speaking <laughs> of that, I recently learned like the boyfriend um, is actually popular amongst like less professional, like amateur, like theater productions for how cheap it is, but that's just something I learned. But my nominees are I Fall in Love Too Easily from Anchors Away, It Might As Well Be Spring from State Fair, Linda from The Story of G.I. Joe, Love Letters from Love Letters, and So In Love from Wonder Man. You know what we couldn't nominate that had a ton of music in it? Zigfield Follies. What? Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys knew, but- Did it have that... an original song? Ooh, actually they had a lot of racist songs. Not sure if they were original to that piece, um, but Zigfield Follies, because it's because of the property like nature, um, they could have just harvested their own material from like their stage shows. I bet there so was I don't something know. eligible. Yeah, but guess what? Not we'll this year. Not we'll this never year. know. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> but next we have battle score. So if you want to take it away. Oh, Charles, do you want me to, do, to go for it? Oh, I can't hear you, babe. Sorry, I was answering a text. Which category are we on? <laughs> We're on best original oh, score. Oh, best original score. There we go. Sorry, my Morgan was texting me. <laughs> Morgan, you are not she? guessing. Uh, not today. Not, not today, today Morgan. <laughs> But hopefully sometime. Hopefully soon. We'll see. Who knows? For score, I put Bells of St. Mary, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, Spellbound, The Southerner, and Picture of Dorian Gray. Nice. But my real question is, can we get Angela Lansbury to do a Picture of Dorian Gray musical at this age now? And just have her be the titular role? Um, I have a friend that has very eloquently produced and written um, a Murder, She Wrote musical. <gasps> and I'm just saying that is an excellent idea. <laughs> I will pitch it. Please pitch that for me. That is like a free idea. Just get me tickets. Yep, that's no problem. It'll Perfect. be at 54 yes. Below next month. Perfect. Thank you, dear. Awesome. Can't wait to see more of it. Just... Yes. So, my nominees are The Clock, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, Spellbound, and The Woman in the Window. Okay, thank you for reminding us all about The Clock, because I forgot I watched it a week ago. <laughs> I really, really loved it, and um, it made me anxious. Also, it was very hot. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Just perfect peak 1940s cinema. So um, next we have best cartoon short film and yeah I'm not sure how much people are like super into cartoon shorts at around this time like 
Well, this year in particular, I don't know too many besides Donald's crime, which is my sole nominee. But my favorite one is always the Disney-produced um, anti-Nazi propaganda one. <laughs> because people don't realize that the United States government commissioned Walt Disney to make, like, anti-Nazi oh. propaganda. And it was a great little short. And you're like, huh, they literally showed this to children. Got it. <laughs> I'll send y'all a link. It's funny. It's on YouTube. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, you've seen it then. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> because it's it's one of those like shocking, like, oh, right, we did that. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yes. When I was teaching college, uh, the students, I would be like, here's my favorite Disney movie. And then I would hit play. <laughs> Massively fucked up. Right. That's a nominee. That's a nominee from us. I'm just going to say that. That's a nominee from oh. us. Not eligible this year, but a great yeah. nominee. I think it actually was nominated whatever year it was. Good for it. So um, my nominees are Donald's Crime, Hockey Homicide, and Hair Trigger. You're going to have to link those. I want to know every single one of them. I am unfamiliar and I would like to watch. Thank you. I will. Yes. I will. That's your summer 2022. We're just going to boom whenever you have some free time just watch everything yeah all right and i think i'll still have plans by summer 2022 but i guess we'll see <laughs> like anyways um next we have best foreign film so i only had one international nominee rome open city because that's the only one i could that i know i've watched and that I liked it. I like Rosalini films. And, and isn't Children of Paradise, it's ineligible, right? I believe so. So Okay, well then, crimes. That. Crimes have that happened. Was, yep. Those, that was it. That was it. Time is fake. Oh, well, um, my nominees for foreign film are Children of Paradise, Cassie the Immortal, um, Children of Paradise from France, Cashy the Immortal from Soviet Union, and Rome, Rome Open City from Italy. Wait, wait. It is eligible, Grace. It is. It is. Wow. Oh, um, just for this category. Oh, just oh. for this mm. category. That makes okay, sense. Well, Time well. is difficult, y'all. Well, yeah. No go. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. A little bit. A little bit. So, next we have Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah, okay. I really like this category because I forget that these were adapted. Uh, so, we'll start with Spellbound, Mildred Pierce, Dedoy. That's going to be Chelsea and I's frontrunner. And then um, The Lost Weekend, Leave Her to Heaven. And then my favorite, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. That's just great right there. Those are like all my favorite movies that were eligible this year. And all of them were just such a exciting set of nominees. Yeah. So much fun. So my nominees are Mildred Pierce, The Lost Week Mil yeah, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, Murder My Sweet, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and The Woman in the Window. Does Amy Adams know she's a time traveler? 
Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think she does. I think she does. She would know. She would know. She would know. (laughs) And then Murder My Sweet is a great early Raymond Chandler adaptation. We do love a good murder. Yeah. From the same group that would bring you Crossfire two years later. And I do like Crossfire. I do like Crossfire. That one's great. I say three years later because this was actually a 1944 release that was eligible for this year. Same as National Velvet. But next we have Best Original Screenplay. And the, um, sorry, I was just going to say this the 1940s were rough for original screenplay. Mainly because uh, motion picture story category disqualified a lot of films that would otherwise have been eligible. And I just say curse the motion picture story category. Curse it to hell. Because it's just... Why? Yeah, the war. The war. Yeah, it's the war. It's the war. That yeah. We just blame the war. Blame the Nazis. Yeah. Um... Blame the war for sending the auditors off and making everything super long. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, um, I found two nominees that I could find that I've actually watched. Anchors Away, again, mostly because hot people, and then Christmas in Connecticut, which is not a film I'm gonna vouch for one thousand percent, but I like Barbara Stanwyck. (laughs) Yeah, that's happens to be a Christmas movie. So, um, my nominees are Anchors Away, Christmas in Connecticut, Rock, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, and Wonder Man. I gotta watch this clock movie. I actually, I actually thought it was sweet. It was pretty, it was pretty quick, too. You've got time, Chell. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I yeah, do love a short film. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. It's a, it's an in and out, but it's like it's just kind of like romantic. Um, it is Judy time. Garland. Yeah, she's like, it's just this weird moment when she's like very adult all of a sudden. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's it, this and I'll say it, Zigfield Follies, where she's like, I am a woman, please respect me, but I'm also <laughs> like, you're going through things. <laughs> she's going through some shit. Because there's a, with Vincente uh, Minnelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed like half of these movies this that year. Yeah. Wink, wink, nod, nod. That's all I want to say. Yeah. She was a little busy. So next we have the acting category, starting with supporting actress. <laughs> all right, let's go. Um, <laughs> we've got Eve Arden, Mildred Pierce. And that's it. That's, that's the only nominee. Correct I'm one. Uh, that's it. Um, and Blythe for Mildred Pierce also. Joan Blundell for A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Angela Lansbury for The Picture of Dorian Gray. And I know that she's only in it for like a hot 20 minutes. I don't they care. Are hot. I know, but I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I'm glad that we were both on the same page on it because it was just like, well, she's great. Um, Jane Wyman for The Lost Weekend as well. If Claire Trevor can be nominated after like a one scene walk on in some random film, like that you blink and miss it, Angela Lansbury's 20 Minutes Matters. 
hot people and, and she also she also does offer a really <laughs> good dynamic performance and this is one of the she first does. times that i have seen her that early in her career right mm-hmm. so no bed knobs no broomsticks but here we are angela thank you thank you ma'am awesome love this set of nominees so my nominees are Anne Blythe and Mildred Pierce, Eve Arden and Mildred Pierce, Claire Trevor and Murder My Sweet, Anne Revere in National Velvet, and Joan Rondell in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Noise. Noise, noise. And I guess I'll just say Joan Rondell forever. She's pretty rad. Yeah, I agree. Like that yeah. performance by itself is like a reason to watch the film. Yeah. Yeah. It's absurd how great she is. And how she wasn't even nominated. I know I that hate like it here. I know that like the standout is like James Dunn. We'll talk about him later, but the other actors were also great and deserved nominations as well. We'll get to that. Anyways, next we have Best Supporting Actor. Alright, we got some dudes, which I guess we can allegedly give them awards. I guess so. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Jack Carson from yeah. Mildred Pierce. Michael Chekhov, <laughs> Spellbound. James Donatry, Gross in Brooklyn. George Sanders, Picture of Dorian Gray. And Zachary Scott, Mildred Pierce. The first time I ever saw Mildred Pierce and I saw Zachary Scott, I am like, hello, sir. I was not expecting you a nothing, whatever, to be that handsome. Thank you. So, um, my nominees are Anton Walbrook, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, J. Carol Nash in Southerner, Michael Chekhov in Spellbound, Walter Brennan in To Have and Have Not, and James Dunn in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Can we also throw in there Herd Hatfield in the picture of Dorian Gray for supporting actor? Because yeah, although he is Dorian Gray himself, he is kind of a supporting actor in this film because mm-hmm. it's kind of an ensemble film. Mm-hmm. And George, George Sanders being nominated in general is purely for the voice. <laughs> Yeah. Like literally voice acting to a T. Like we love a choice. I, we love a choice. And as soon as this pops on with this mofo in a little top hat, I'm like, we're getting all about Eve's vibes, and I love it. Yes, um, it's really, it's really perfect. And anytime we can get so, anyways, Heard is absolutely creepy, and I never want to see his face again. And that's why I want to nominate him for supporting actor. In- <laughs> Bless. So next we have Best Actress. The big one. Correct. The best one. For the best actress, here we are. Ingrid Bergman's for Spellbound because I guess it's legal that we have to nominate Ingrid Bergman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joan Crawford for Mildred Pierce because she is the only winner at this time. Uh, Jean Tierney for Leave Her to Heaven. Barbara Stanwyck for Christmas in Connecticut because cute. (laughs) And then Peggy Ann Garner for A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, I love Mildred Pierce. It's like one of my favorite movies. But also, Jean Tierney, I want to be that fierce-looking one day. One day, I will get there. One day. 
but also Ingrid Bergman I just love that her and Gregory Peck had an affair while making this film and I just yes and he didn't even talk Uh, about it until after she passed he didn't even like it came out after the fact like people were always asking about it and I'm like oh yeah I guess so good for them I love when young hot people are hot together yeah. And I like Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg, that whole affair. Yeah. Exactly. People forget. I do people not. had a bang. Yeah. I will never forget that. So what about you, Gabe? Yeah. My tangent's over. Just dream. My nominees are Joan Crawford for Walter Pierce, um, Barbara Stanwyck for Christmas in Connecticut, Jean Tierney in Leave Her to Heaven, Dorothy McGuire in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and Joan Bennett in The Woman in the Window. I really wanted to nominate Ingrid Bergman, but I couldn't find room for her. That's fair. She had two very big movies that year, but you know what? She's doing fine. She got Oscars for very bad performances. Well, two. One of them's great. Two suck. Yeah. (laughs) We don't mention those. We just... (laughs) Yeah. But, um... Yeah, what a great year for actresses. As it all, really was. As like, why do we give men awards when actresses are there? We should just give like five best actress awards and none for yeah, men. Yeah, like, yeah. Unless like it was Cary Grant. Female. Cary Grant, I love him. Yeah. Like, as a last few, like, make exceptions for and then have five categories for the women. Exactly. <laughs> but. Uh, um, unfortunately, the next, the next category is Best Actor. Okay. I guess we have to speak of men. So Humphrey Bogart is very hot and to have and have not. Gene Kelly is very hot and anchors away. Ray Milland is not very hot in The Lost Weekend, but he was doing some good shit there. Gregory Peck is very hot and spellbound. And Dick Powell, I do like a murder, so murder my sweet. <laughs> Here we are. So many hot people. I love it. Gabe, name us your hots. Well, um, I guess guess my runners-up would have been Gene Kelly and Humphrey Bogart, but my actual nominees are Robert Walker for The Clock, Cornell Wilde for Leave to Heaven, Ray Milan for The Lost Weekend, Dick Powell for Murder My Sweet, and Gregory Peck for Spellbound. Good deal. So many options. And yeah, and I find it funny that the films that Cornell Wilde and Gregory Peck were nominated for, and uh, The Case of the Kingdom and um, A Song to Remember, trash biopics, <laughs> and White Savior Christian Propaganda. Um, the best thing I can say for um, a song to remember is great gowns, beautiful gowns, and it looks pretty. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I do love it. So many films. That's what I say about so many films. Great gowns, beautiful mm-hmm. gowns. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. Yeah. It's me about Mulan Rouge on Broadway. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> Danny Burstein, beautiful gowns. Oh, I love him. I love him. Yeah. But he also has the best role, so who are we kidding? 
Um, I guess we should talk about directors again. Yes. Men, <laughs> men, uh, men. Who's we allowed? It? We allowed them to do stuff. That they year? literally <laughs> have been in charge of everything forever. Um, let's talk about Billy Wilder for The Lost Weekend, John Stahl for Leave Her to Heaven, Ilya Kazan for A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I mean, come on, Alfred Hitchcock. Have you heard of her? Spellbound, and then Michael Curtis uh, for Mildred Pierce. That's a great lineup. No notes. Yeah. And I guess uh, I guess I'll just mention I do find it odd. Not only was Michael Curtis not nominated, um, I don't know if he was expected to be nominated or not, but also Jean Renoir received his only Oscar nomination ever this year for one of his American movies. And and it's a very weird movie. Like, yeah. I prefer his international stuff. Like, it's basic to say Grand Illusion slaps, but it does. So, good for him. At least he got nominated. He's a person who should have been nominated. Yeah. Yeah. He should have won. <laughs> but. That year, yes, probably. As it is. My nominees are Vincent Minnelli for The Clock, Billy Wilder for The Lost Weekend, Michael Curtis for Mildred Pierce, Edward Dimitrick for Murder, and Elia Kazan for Tree Girls in Brooklyn. Good deal. All those men. Ida Lupino was very busy that year, y'all. Like, she was busy. Dorothy Arsner, she was taking a nap. Being a really cool lesbian working at the time. Love her. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Go rewatch Dance Girl Dance. It's great. Don't watch the last like yeah. two minutes. Just yeah. cut that off. The last scene, and it's a perfect film. <laughs> Lucille Ball rules. You know who um who was also in Zigfield Follies yeah. was uh Lucille Ball. Big uh, fan gives a gorgeous performance in Zigfield Follies, the the film from 1945, ineligible for some reason. <laughs> Which is crazy because if it was eligible, she might be nominated, but we'll never know. I would nominate her hair alone, but I right? Nominate. <laughs> yeah, but I did nominate her for Dance Girl Dance. She's great. Would Dance Girl just... Dance. I love that film. Yeah. Yeah, except for the two minutes, but yeah, the last scene is not important. It's just a man yelling at a woman and telling her what to do. <laughs> yeah, like the worst type of scene. Yeah, we love men but... yelling at women. <laughs> but we have the last category now: the so-called big one, best picture. The pictures. We have A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, Leave Her to Heaven, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, and Spellbound. Can't imagine. What, what, a, what a lineup. Couldn't have guessed that from the directors. Yes. Um, my nominees are The Clock, The Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, Spellbound, and A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Very nice, very nice. So, um, when we get back 
we will announce our nominees. So stay tuned. After these messages, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. So now it's time to announce our winners. Starting with Best Special Effects. So, my winner for Best Special Effects is Spellbound, because I didn't have any, but also Picture of Dorian Gray. I probably that, should have yeah. just put it in there. <laughs> That's like the um, real winner, but I just didn't write it down. That is also my winner, is Picture of Dorian Gray for Special Effects. Boom. Boom. And it looks awesome. Like, like great special effects. But my winner is Spellbound. Just for that dream sequence. I do love to dream. Alrighty. And next we have Festival Metadating. And my winner is Lever to Heaven because there were some good cuts in there. Big fan. I'm gonna go with Mildred Pierce. Boom. Sorry. That's That's a great choice. We love Mildred. Yeah. Especially since there's like a 20 hour miniseries that I did not finish. Oh, the Todd Haynes, Kate Winslet one. I haven't Kate Winslet, yeah. seen that. It's too long, y'all. How about you, Gabe? Yeah. And um, I, I go with The Last Weekend. Solid choice. It's a good movie. I haven't talked it up much, but it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And um, David Weisbert was the nominee for uh, Mildred Pierce. He was nominated for Johnny Melinda, but he should have been nominated for this instead. But that's besides the point. Um, Next, we have Best Makeup. Well... Zigfield Follies cannot win Best Makeup, and that makes my heart hurt a little bit. So in light of that, we're going to say Anchors Away because I want to m- give this to another musical because Gene Kelly is hot. We love hot people. Same. <laughs> and my winner is The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Good deal. Congrats to all the winners. I'm going to play them so off now. So next we have best costume design. So I, because I want to be here, I'm going to also go leave her to heaven because I love that just iconic outfit she has. I'm like, yes, that's it right there. You go, girl. The real winner is Christmas in Connecticut because Christmas movies always have better outfits than everybody else and they are ornate and they had to dance. The end. There you go. Got to be able to dance in them outfits. Awesome. My winner is Mildred Pierce. We do love all the outfits. Mildred, good job. Great waitress outfits. Awesome. Just gorgeous. Fab. So next we have best color cinematography. 
And my winner for this, I'm going to go National Velvet because why not? It was cute. I liked it. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Anchors Away because I have to be the resident musical person. You have to be. Yeah, legally. That's I'm pretty sure it's in the Constitution. And also Hot People writes. We love Hot People. Yep. Yes. And my winner is Leave Her to Heaven. I love that. It is a beautiful film. So picturesque and like Douglas Sirk before Douglas Sirk, like John Amstall, knew how to use the visual medium to make it look like just like the most elaborate oil painting imaginable. A movie as if it were an elaborate oil painting. It's beautiful. But black and white was really where it was at for me. So my winner for black and white cinematography is Mildred Pierce. Because every time some film teacher I ever had tried to tell me to watch some old Casablanca or something, which I love, or like Double Indemnity or some other noir, I'm like, watch fucking Mildred Pierce, you old man. I did say that to a professor yeah. once. He didn't like that. Yeah. And, and Witness for the Prosecution, that's the one my mom always goes to, to be like, watch that. Bye. I love that film. Yeah. Yeah, it's still good. <laughs> it's still good. About you. So my winner is Mildred Pierce. It just looks perfect. It's a perfect film. No notes. And it's the same cinematographer as Gone with the Wind, so can't go wrong with that. Famously looking at my Gone with the Wind from Japan mini poster. I can't. So, next we have Best Art Direction. Art Direction. Oh, goodness. This is difficult. I'm going to go with the picture of Dorian Gray because so much was happening in each frame. And I just can't ignore that. It's like, I like all these other films fine, but I got to be honest. Let's be real. Yeah, and this took place over a number of years, right? So I, I feel like that that one was my front runner as well. So it's a picture of Dorian Gray or nothing. That's the point. And I, I did consider that, but I ultimately have to go with, um, again, Mildred Pierce. Can't fault you. It's a great film. Can't have good cinematography without good art direction. Truly. So next we have best sound recording. Sound recording. This is where I'm going to go with Mildred Pierce because it does feel like a film that was made just a couple of years ago and I was really down for it. Like it has not aged in any way and the sound is great. I'm going to go with National Velvet because animals are loud. They are loud and annoying. Yeah, there were a lot of films that I'm surprised I didn't nominate for Best Sound Recording, but as it is, my winner is The Southerner. I, I think I go, I went with it because it had this really great fire, like a lot of the dust, like rustling and billowing, but yeah. 
So next we have best original song. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we're going to say it might as well be Spring from State Fair because I was kind of roasting State Fair earlier, but I think that's our choice actually for best song. (laughs) (laughs) And I listen to Grace because she knows music more than I do. I listen to the same Waitress song on repeat. Uh Which one? Oh, every single version of She Used to Be Mine. I have a playlist of, so whenever I'm like feeling sad, I just hit play and it's every person's version that I can find on YouTube. Which one is your favorite? Shoshana Bean? That's one of them. Yeah. You you put me on the spot. I'm sorry. I I have to say this though, because we're for a moment um, getting off topic. Um, I think that the best song in the show in general is what baking can do. Like it's like Mm. expertly written to the point of like, I could dissect it forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, she used to be mine, any version, any version, any version. And anytime I need to like be in my sadness, I'm like play. But if you're not going to listen to that, listen to anchors away, I guess that's our other nominee. What about you? Speaking of anchors away, my winner is I fall in love too easily. Uh, I may be wrong, but I think there was, like, some controversy with the, um, State Fair song. It wasn't actually written for the, um, film and was actually originally intended for the play. And I think Richard Rogers or Oscar Hammerstein was actually upset with the Academy for nominating it and giving them the award. So they changed the rules, but I need to research that. Yeah, I mean, this happens to this day of people getting upset that the song wasn't originally intended for blank, you know, film. And they try to curb it and stuff, but then they'll like make exceptions for some people and not others. And I'm honestly like, has this song been on the radio yet? And is it good in this film? I don't care. Right. Like remember Donna Summer Last Dance? Let it be in anything. Let it be there. Anyways, sorry. Let's go back. So next we have best original score. Oh goodness. How chaotic do I want to be? I'm gonna go with Picture of Dorian Gray. Each shit Same. It was creepy. The it literally left me in suspense. It Sorry, really did. Exactly. You're fine. We get it. Psycho is great. Bye. So I wonder is I went with the Academy's choice for Spellbound. Nicholas mm-hmm. Rose, I was having a mirror between this and last weekend's. Oh, did you not hear me? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw the last oh. weekend, I believe. Oh. oh um no um my winner is the Academy's choice, Spellbound. That's true. Sorry, I just insulted Spellbound. But yeah, Mythos Rosa was having a year between this and Lost Weekend. So next we have Best Cartoon Short Film. And then my one and only nominee is Donald's Crime. But I am also voting for the Disney Nazi film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... Uh, was it released this year or um it was not released what? this year it was like earlier because this is it was like early like 1940 41 something like that because it was like anti-nazi pro-war uh, efforts 
It's great. It's only like 10 minutes. It's on YouTube. Was Everyone it? go watch it. It's not on Disney Plus, oh. I bet. Wait, was it Dorf Fjord? Yeah, that's the one. Or, or the four, or I don't the know. fewer. I'm yeah. Not sure. How yeah, it's that. It's that one. It. Everyone go watch it. it. I'll just, revisit it. Just, <laughs> just YouTube yeah. Disney Nazi short film. Something insane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I guess my winner is Hair Trigger, either that or Donald's crying. But next we have Best Born Film. So we only, I'm, gonna let, yeah. I'm gonna let Grace go on the rant about what should. Well, we are confused about this category. So I'm gonna let Grace yeah, go. So yeah, yeah. Rome Open City, uh, whatever. But Christmas, er, not Christmas. Children in Paradise, French film should be nominated in this ineligible question mark but either way that's our foreign film take it or leave it exactly yes. and yeah um sorry for not uh for the clarifying things just a brief explanation like i assume the rules would have been like any film really any foreign film released in 1945 but only eligible for foreign film category not anything else until it appears on like the Academy eligibility ballot elsewhere. But besides that, my winner for foreign film is Children of Paradise. Cool beans. So next we have Best Adapted Screenplay. And I'm gonna go with Mildred Pierce because again, it slaps. But also, most of these are really great, so cool. And so my winner is The Lost Weekend. because I still want to give Billy Wilder something this year. And I know that um, Mildred Pierce is also has like this really great screenplay, but I don't know, it's just something draws me to the last weekend, at least here. Understandable, so next... I get it. All right. Original Next, screenplay. screenplay. I'm going to yes. go off because Anchor's away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, Hot I mean, people. truly, that's it. It's like by default for me. Anchor's yeah. away. Because yeah. yeah. as Seems pretty as Christmas in Connecticut is, not really. Take me away. Take me away. My sweetest game. Yeah. Gene me. Kelly dancing with a mouse. And for me, I, but I ultimately had to go with the clock. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're, so you're, me, you picked I, correctly. Oh yeah, you but did. I didn't realize I that. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't realize it was original because nothing was that year. Nothing. Right. 
My supporting actress is Eve Arden from Mildred Pierce. And my supporting actor, I'm going to go James Dunn, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I can't not, you know. Yeah. So um, for supporting actress, I'm going with both of the Trees and Gro- Tree Grows in Brooklyn <laughs> actors, James Dunn and Joan Blondell. Great choices. Yeah, I, I think that the, the theme of tonight's episode has to be A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is an essential watch. So It is. If people haven't, come on. I famously bought that book at a bookstore in Brooklyn when I was very poor living in Brooklyn. Didn't live the same life. Did not live the same life. But say. No, but I just want to say that it's a beautiful piece. So I'm glad that we're all on the same page there. Exactly. And then yeah. I'll do uh, Best Actor and Actress. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. Uh, so I'm going to go with Joan Crawford on behalf of Chelsea and I, uh, historically for Mildred Pierce and then best <laughs> actor. I'm going to say Gene Kelly for Anchors Away because <laughs> I know that that's not going to be Gabe's answer, but I, I like it for us. That's just, that's me. There it is. We, we vote for the hots only. So that is how we vote. Hots only. Yeah. Yes. That's a good choice. And my winners for actor and actress are Ray Meland in The Lost Weekend and Joan Crawford, Mildred Pierce. Great choice. Yeah, and she won. She won. So it's not like she won. we're off. We are the Academy yeah. is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. And I think he yeah. won too, didn't he? Yeah. Like for real. Ray Milland, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, so I'm going to jump to director real quick. I'm going to go with Mildred Pierce because I fucking love Mildred Pierce. And the direction was really good. Um, it was. No notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for um my director winner is michael curtis for mildred pierce yeah beautiful can't not can't not and quickly we'll go over picture our winners grace take it away all right i'm sorry to say this i know how you feel Charles, about uh mildred pierce your favorite of the year is mildred pierce your favorite maybe of life is mildred pierce but i'm gonna say that best picture goes to a tree grows in brooklyn because i can't not think about that film when i and you know what i'm happy with that split a nice picture director split i'm really happy with that the way it went good. yeah good because kazan would win later he's fine He's going to win everything. He's literally going to win very soon. So his granddaughter is also cool. So whatever. Love his granddaughter. Big fan. Should have won an Emmy for Plot Against America, but that's all I got to say. Should have won an Oscar for the big sick. Right. Anywho, game. Um, My winner for Best Picture is Mildred Pierce. Yay. Look at us. I'm the real winner. That's actually what happened. Yeah. I am the winner. So awesome. So um, I guess now we're going to um, answer the um, audience questions. We just have two so we can get through them quickly. Okay. Um, Perfect. So Emily Blakowski asked, if Joan Crawford wasn't nominated for Mildred Pierce, what do you think could have won? I mean, who do you think could have won the Best Actress Oscar that year? Oh, that year? I don't even remember the nominees because I'm like, it's Joan Crawford in my head. Um, I guess Barbara Stanwyck might have um, uh, grabbed it or Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. Well, um, well, the other nominees that year were Ingrid Bergman for The Bells of St. Mary's, Jennifer Jones for Love Letters, um, 
Greer Garson for the value position, and Jean Tierney for Leave Her to Heaven. Oh, Jean Tierney. I'll vote for her. We'll take, yeah. we'll take it. Jean yeah. Tierney. Jean Tierney would have won, but I also want to say that Judy Garland in The Clock, I would have liked to have been nominated. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Thanks, audience question. I guess Thank going you. off of like, yeah. I guess going off of what what was um the actual nominees, I guess Ingrid Bergman, because she won the Golden Globe and the other film critics for phone at the two films, but yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um and then a last um just one last one from Fritz and the Oscars. Hi Fritz. Donald Christmas okay. and Anne Rivera are so wonderful. Who are your favorite movie parents? Oh, um, I don't know if I have favorite movie parents, but I always say if they were going to make a biopic, my parents would be played by Danny DeVito and Laurie Metcalf because that's their doppelgangers. So those are my movie parents. Oh, wow. My movie parents are Sally Field and Jason Alexander. And (gasps) tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) That is so true. I said it to Sally Field when she was walking out of the Glass Menagerie on Broadway. I was like, just so you know, you're my mom. And she was like, I know. (laughs) I love her. Yeah, it used to be Philip Seymour Hoffman. He died. Um, And then it was obviously Robin Williams to look like my father. And then he died. And so now I'm not, it's not my last string, but Jason Alexander for sure. Honestly, Jason Alexander is in my like list of who could play my dad. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Danny, if Danny DeVito's on there, you've got him. Exactly. I've got Danny. That, that Mary Christa, yeah. uh, she was in the Spider-Man's. And, big, and bring it on. We talk Kirsten about Dunst, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is like a younger father. Great. Oh, that makes sense. And then sense. Jason Alexander and the older? Please. I would love to see Absolutely. it. I will send you this well. great Kirsten Dunst interview where she's just gushing about her husband and how much she loves him. They make me really happy. They really okay. do. Those are our, those yeah. are our movie parents. All of those people, even Kirsten Dunst. Even Kirsten, yeah. 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 Um, Who are yours? I guess I'll have to think about that, but for now, I'll just say Demian Bashir and Holly Hunter. Oh, yeah, why not? Love it. Yeah. Big but fan. yeah. So, um, thank you both for appearing on this podcast. This was an amazing year and just an amazing discussion. And yeah. So. How do we find you both on social media? Um, give the audience like an overall view on what you both do. Um, I'm Chell725 on Twitter and Letterboxd, and you can find all my podcasts in the bio of that. That's the easiest way to find all my stuff. I love that. Um, so I have actually gotten to appear on some Chell's moments. You're the unofficial third guys. co-host. We're just bringing <laughs> you back every time we well, have whims. We have great yeah. discussions. I honestly have a really, really good time. And, and <laughs> I, I love Morgan dearly as well. So uh, you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at It's Grace Aki. If you want to hear Broadway news all the time, you can hear me Tuesday through Thursday on Broadway radio. And then, of course, like follow my uh, accounts for Broadway Records, does like all the all the theater recordings. <laughs> lots, lots of ways. And then find her Etsy store and buy stuff like I do. Do that. Um, good movie yeah. content i'm just saying there's a lot great there's a lot movie content happening. yeah thank you thank you thank again you. awesome so um you can find me on twitter at um gave the joker with two underscores 
until today, you could have found me on Instagram at Gabe Warren, but not so much anymore. We all know what happened on Instagram. All of us you know, social you know. media managers knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can find me on Letterboxd at Mr. Hulo. And then um, be sure to follow the um, Twitter page for Alternate Oscars at Alternate Oscars. I also have a Patreon page, which I failed to mention before. Be sure to follow that. It's currently for free. Um, and I guess I also write for Keith Slope's movies, so be sure to read my reviews as well as those of my colleagues. Um, be sure to um, rate and review this podcast for visibility's sake and subscribe to, um, through whatever server you use. And until the next episode, sit back and relax, cheers, enjoy, and thank you for listening to the alternate Oscars.